0: This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, when wanting to make changes in your life or to your habits, there is a science to it. This is something that our next guest has spent significant time studying, and that is kate uh, katie milkman of the wharton school she's a professor of operations information and decision she's author of how to change the science of getting you from where you are to where you want to be and host of the choiceology podcast katie great to talk to you again
1: great to be here thanks for having me
0: so i i think obviously we associate a lot of this you know around the change of the calendar from one year to the next is there something that has evolved over time that just kind of makes this the natural time to want to make change in our lives?
1: Yeah, well, actually, uh, there is. And it's not just um, the social convention and the fact that every podcast and radio host is talking about um, New Year's resolutions. Those things are part of it. But it turns out that at any new beginning on the calendar or in our lives, we have this tendency to um, step back and think bigger picture and to set goals and pursue them with renewed vigor. It's something called the fresh start effect that my collaborators and I have studied. So the start of a new week, the start of a new month, uh, the start of a new year, following birthdays, we see these upticks in goal pursuits. Uh, and the the basic logic of it and what we, we see in our research is that um, when you cross into a new – period it whether it's a new week a new month a new year you feel like you're opening a new chapter in your life and you feel a sense of disconnect with the the previous chapter um it gives you renewed optimism about what you're capable of because you can look back and say you know last year i failed to quit smoking or get my finances in order but that was the old me and this is the new me and the new me will be different
0: would it be safe to say that maybe we associate uh, these changes More so in kind of health-related categories, or at least they draw the majority of the attention?
1: They draw a lot of the attention, and the the most popular New Year's resolutions are around health. But interestingly, in data sets we've looked at on goal setting, we see an uptick in um, goal pursuit uh, in basically every domain at fresh start moments, ranging from the start of a new week to birthdays to New Year's. So we see it related to environmental goals, financial goals health goals, um, educational goals, its you name it, we see the same patterns, So it's really quite universal, even if health is the most common thing that people are wanting to work on at this time of year.
0: So it is seemingly making the, the, the change successfully is one of the components I think a lot of people wonder about. And, and I'm wondering if there are factors in there that that can lead to more successful change than, than maybe failure as well.
1: Yes, many. It's really the reason I wrote my book, uh, is that there's a lot of science that can help. And currently, you know, a huge number of New Year's resolutions fail. You can find estimates anywhere from 50 to 80 percent, depending on who, um, you know, who you trust. But uh, but it's clear that in goal pursuit, there's a lot of failure, but there's also science that can improve success rates so the first thing that i think it's important for everyone to know is when you set a goal it's important not just to have that sort of vague intention to say exercise more or get my finances in order but to actually be really concrete about what are you going to do and ideally make it bite-sized what are you going to do this week um when will you do it where will you do it how will you do it how many hours of exercise you know are you going to go to the gym on tuesday wednesday and thursday at 5 p.m How will you get there? The more detailed those plans, um, the more specific your intentions and the more focused they are on the near term, the better um, we do. And then the next thing that's really important is to think about the obstacles that are likely to stand in your way. Are you not going to take your medication because you're forgetting? Are you not going to take your medication because you hate the side effects? Are you not going to go to the gym because it's miserable um, or because you haven't actually planned it into your busy schedule? What are the actual barriers that might prevent you from achieving your goal? And then actually science offers different prescriptions depending on what they are. But very rarely do we think strategically about goal pursuit the way we think strategically uh, in a chess game. And it turns out that that's really important to do so that you use the right tools from science to succeed.
0: Well, and I would imagine that you probably don't want to be making significant change when it's coming from, say, something from, you know, an element of pressure on you, correct?
1: Well, you know, there's a lot of motives for making change. It can be self-motivated, right? This is something that I really care immensely about, but can also be motivated by, you know, a boss, a a parent, uh, um, you know, the, the community you live in. So I I actually, I'm not super um, concerned about what the source of the motivation is so long as you have a motivation. There's a lot of reasons we change, and the same scientific tools can help you achieve success regardless of why this is important.
0: So then as people are are thinking about these resolutions, are there components that they should think about? Uh, in terms of you you talked about laying out a path to be successful. That's an important component here so that you can be as as successful with this as possible, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, one thing that uh, is based on research that was done at Wharton, um, led by our PhD student, Anish Rai, is how important it is to think about, you know, not I'm going to do 200 hours of say volunteering this year. That's my new year's resolution. I'm going to be, um, you know, more generous with my time. I'm going to make that kind of commitment, but rather I'm going to do four hours every week. We did a a large experiment actually with a volunteer organization where everyone who signed up committed 200 hours a year. And we tested, um, different ways of encouraging people to actually make that commitment. Uh, and what we found is when we were reminding people each week, uh, of a four-hour weekly commitment or an eight-hour every other week commitment, um, dramatically higher success rates, about 10% increase in success, and if we're reminding them um, of their 200-hour yearly commitment and to do something every week. So when you make it bite-sized, it's more approachable. This is true for financial decisions, too, so there's research showing that If people are invited to save $5 a day, they're dramatically more attracted to that and more likely to say yes than if they're invited to save $150 a month, which, of course, amounts to the same cumulative savings. But that bite-sized goal is much more approachable. So try to think about what you're going to do daily or weekly as you're making your plans for your New Year's resolutions.
0: Right. It becomes more a part of your of your natural lifestyle. It's something that, you know, is very easy to, you know, just kind of factor into your system, into your life, you know, as you're going through the course of of your month or your year as well.
1: That's right. Yeah. Another really important thing to keep in mind, and this is an issue for a huge number of goals, is um, most of us think that when we have a goal, the best plan to make is one that's going to get us to our goal efficiently. Um, but there's research by Ileth Fischbach of the University of Chicago and Caitlin Woolley at Cornell showing that that's a mistake. Uh, and people actually end up doing better when they're encouraged to pursue goals, not in the most efficient way, but in the most fun way. And the reason for this is that if we pursue our goals in a way that feels efficient, like you say, try to get in shape by hopping on the most painful um, machine you can find at the gym that burns the most calories per minute, you will find the experience quite miserable but if instead you say go to the gym and take a zumba class with a friend okay it's not as efficient you're not burning as many calories per minute but the experience is pleasurable and that in the end is actually what predicts persistence which is key to success in most goals. so think carefully about how you'll pursue your goal both because making that plan makes it more likely you'll follow through less likely you will forget more likely you'll um you know Make the necessary arrangements so you have, you know, childcare at the right time, a transportation strategy, et cetera. That's really critically important. The logistics are important, but when you're planning, also plan on making uh, goal pursuit fun, so that you will persist instead of quitting on yourself faster than you anticipate uh, by making this mistake so many do.
0: And from a mental perspective, that is obviously a benefit as well, adding the component of fun. You're trying to, you know, improve your lifestyle, but you're also trying to improve your mental health and your mindset as well, correct?
1: Absolutely. It's an it's a, an absolute win-win. And one of my favorite ways to do this is something that I've actually studied. Um, we ran a big experiment on campus at University of Pennsylvania a number of years ago in, in our first exploration of this, um, looking at something we call temptation bundling, which is say there's some chore, some goal that you dread. Um, what if you only let yourself uh, enjoy some temptation while you're simultaneously doing that chore? So let's use exercises. That's an example we're going back to a lot. In this case, um, you might only let yourself binge watch your favorite TV show uh, on Netflix. If you're me right now, that's Emily in Paris. I feel a little guilty watching this lowbrow show uh, when I should be doing something else, but I'm only allowed to watch it, say, at the gym. Now I'm going to start looking forward to trips to the gym. Time's going to fly while I'm there. I'm not going to waste time outside of the gym, um, you know, watching this show that I when I should be grading my students' papers. And uh, so life will just uniformly get better. So temptation bundling can be used in lots of domains. So exercise is one where we've studied and shown
0: it's particularly useful. Don't worry, Katie, it's always the streaming services that are getting me as well. So I'm right there with you. Hey, Katie, great to talk to you again, as always. Thanks for a few moments.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: You got a Katie Milkman, a professor of operations, information, and decisions at the Wharton School. You can also read her new book, How to Change the Science of Getting You from Where You Are to Where You Want to Be. And of course, you can follow her with the Choiceology podcast. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.